apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of homeownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Home Mortgage and Equal Housing Lender, American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Annie Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L, call for additional details. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is, since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to him, he taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. Finch, two for three, he's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not, they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the race, and the race do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Welcome to Sports Talk with RNJ. I am Steve Risser, along here with Justin D'Onofrio. And we are here. It is Championship Sunday in the NFL, and we could not have asked for a better matchup to start it in the AFC Championship game with Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. You got you got the reigning MVP against the guy who's probably going to win the MVP. So this should be a really really exciting game between these two teams. Uh, and and I th- and I think I think this is going to be a great game. I think this is going to be a great game. It's going to be a close game. I think both teams are going to have success on the ground. I think they're going to have success on the ground with the uh, with the. Uh, with Isaiah Pacheco, they're going to have success on the ground with uh, – the Ravens have success on the ground with Gus Edwards. I think both teams have a lot of success on the ground in this game. I think that both – I think that both quarterbacks play well. I think that the defenses are pretty good as well. I think this is a close game. I think it comes right down to the end. But here's one thing about the Ravens' defense this year. Four times the Ravens have had the lead late in the fourth quarter of games when they've when they've they've been in a one score game four times they've had the lead all four times they've given up the lead against the Colts in week three against the Steelers in week five against the uh, Browns in week 10 and against the the Rams in week 14 they've given up a lead so I think that here's was uh, here's the scenario so it's gonna be the Ravens are up two points late Patrick Moses the ball in his hands and he leads the Chiefs on a game-winning drive and they kick a game-winning field goal and the Chiefs go to their fourth Super Bowl in five years winning it 24-23 over the Ravens. But, Justin, 
can Lamar beat Mahomes and, and get to his first Super Bowl? I think he can. This is his year. You know, they got the home field advantage. Um, their defense has played really well the last couple of weeks. <clears throat> and, you know, and for the Chiefs, you know, no disrespect to them. They take care of their business, but they played up with Miami team that's really banged up defensively. And last week they put a Bills team that, you know, we're down so many guys as well defensively and they're down to three linebackers at one point in that game and they did whatever they wanted to and and now this Baltimore defense which yeah this year um as you mentioned they they've given up the lead you know four times um or given you know or lost the game and this defense has really been playing well though since that Rams game and I think the way Lamar Jackson's playing they they absolutely stepped on the Texans throat in the second half last week um, I think they make enough plays, and I, I think the Ravens defense does a good job. And you know, I just I, I think in this game, the Chiefs just at times get you know, this has been the problem all year, they get too cute at times offensively with their play calling, especially near the red zone. And I think the Ravens, um, you know, at home, Lamar makes enough plays, and I got the Ravens going back or going to the uh Super Bowl this year. Yeah, I mean, you made a good point about the Chiefs, and, and then I saw Adam Schefter's report, they might not have Joe Tooney. But here's the thing. To me, it comes down to experience. It comes down to experience. And Mahomes has more experience in these big spots than Lamar. And I know the Ravens are the better team. I know I know they're the favorite in this game. And I think, I think, I think Mahomes just has the experience. He's been to the conference championship game six years in a row. Lamar's only been once. So I, and I think a big part of this game is going to be is what's going to happen to these teams when they get into the red zone. I think the Chiefs are going to cash in the red zone. I think the Ravens are going to kick field goals. I think the Chiefs will cash in the Ravens kick field goals. That's why I think they're going to win. But this, But, I mean... This 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 should be an awesome game between between these two teams. I mean, the Ravens have been the best team in the AFC all year. The Chiefs has have been the best team in the AFC. The last, have been one of the have been the top team in the AFC the last six years. So something has got to give on Sunday uh, b- between these two teams. I think this is the matchup. This is the best matchup we could have gotten in the AFC. Yeah, absolutely. You know, right now the way the Ravens are playing, you can argue like they've been playing the best football um, in the league right now. And yeah, the Chiefs are right there. They they looked you know pretty good so far in the playoffs and you know this is definitely um two to the top teams right now and I guess you know whoever won that Kansas City Buffalo game against Baltimore would have been a great matchup um anyways but yeah the way that these two teams are playing it's definitely um could be a great matchup and and two quarterbacks that you know have won MVPs I know Lamar now is trying to get his first Super Bowl um and yeah like you know it should should be a great game between these two. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and and you know, really speaking of Lamar Jackson, this is a, this is kind of our next question about Lamar. Uh, is if Lamar wins this game, if is Lamar the second best QB in the league if he wins this if he wins this game? And I would say yes because if he wins this game, he has two MVPs, which Joe Burrow do, or Josh Allen don't have, and he has a Super Bowl appearance. The only thing Joe Burrow has on, on Lamar Jackson right now is a is a is a Super Bowl appearance. But if if Lamar wins this game, he would have that over uh over Joe Burrow if if the Ravens win this game. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, with, with Lamar, um he's got that kind of ability to be able to run the football like he does and I think he's gotten better as a passer each season. Um and now with those multiple um MVPs or well, he's about more than likely he's going to get a second MVP here in the, in the coming weeks. Um and yeah, you know, he hasn't you know, they might get Mark Andrews back this week, but like he really hasn't had that elite number one wide receiver he really hasn't had you know great wide receiver core throughout his career so far and he still put up really good numbers um they've kind of really built the offense well around him so you know again joe burrow is 
has the better arm than Lamar Lamar does, but I think all around, yeah, you know, Lamar needs that Super Bowl appearance to kind of tie Joe Burnout. And yeah, I think if he gets that, do they win this week? I I, I agree with you. Yes, and uh, Hector has a comment. Do you think Roquan Smith can make a difference? Uh, do you think Roquan Smith can make a difference in the Ravens' defense to interrupt the Chiefs' offense? I think I think it's a big key. I'm happy Rector admitted that. We'll get back to Lamar. We'll get back to Lamar for that. But Hector, that's a great point about uh, Roquan Smith. I think he's he's uh, outside of Fred Warner, he is the best middle linebacker in football. And he's he can stop the run. He can stop the pass. That is a big key to this game. Is can the Chiefs run the football? And that's been the biggest the success the Chiefs have had throughout the playoffs. Is are the, uh, it's the reason they've had success because they've been able to run the ball. So Roquan Smith can be a humongous, humongous difference maker in this game. If the Chiefs get shut, the Chiefs run games gets shut down. It's going to be very, it's going to be very, very hard for them to win the game. Seeing the recent report too about Joe Tooney. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, yeah, Rokon Smith could definitely have an impact in this game because, uh, yeah, you mentioned the Chiefs are you know run the football better in the in the um, you know in the playoffs when you know so in the regular season they they ranked nineteenth in rushing offense. So, um, you know, if Baltimore could kind of you know speed us out that running game and make the Chiefs more one-dimensional. Um, and we've seen kind of with their problems this year with the wide receivers and the drops at times. And, you know, where Mahomes doesn't seem to trust all of his wide receivers this year. Yeah, if they can start the running game. Um, yeah, you know, Rokon Smith going to have a huge difference in this game. And, um, you know, the way the Ravens defense was playing the last couple of weeks, if, if they can slow down that running game, they got a great chance to win the game. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So that, 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 that's the And that's the biggest key, really. It's really this game is really about you know stopping the run and running the football. We know these two quarterbacks are really good, but the thing is, is if you could stop the Chiefs' run game and force that offense to be one dimensional with their receiving core, it's not that great. And then if you could stop the Ravens' run game, Lamar is he's still a top quarterback, but he's not as good if the Ravens aren't running the football. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've seen when Lamar, yeah, is able to kind of take off and 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 run and. They'll design uh, design runs. He's been really effective. But yeah, if you make him kind of strictly a pocket passer, um, yeah, you've you've seen more struggles from from him in that offense this year. And yeah, same thing with Mahomes. Like yeah, you make him one dimensional. Um, yeah, with the wide receiver core that they've had this year, it, it you know they just yeah they haven't totally always been on the same page this year. And you know both these defenses have played really really well this year. And you know especially for like. Because Baltimore's got the best rushing offense in the league, and yeah, they get ahead of you, and they're able to kind of run the football, and you you really can't can't stop it. Um, you know, it it could get out of hand ugly like it did, you know, last week for the Texans. So, yeah, you know, whoever could stop the run better in this one's got a great shot to win the football game. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And going back to Lamar, I think it's it's pretty easy to say he's the second best quarterback in the league if he wins this game because you know, as as I said earlier, he has got a Super Bowl appearance. Uh, he would have a Super Bowl appearance, and that would be that would equal Joe Burrow. But he has two MVPs, and Burrow has none. Uh, uh and and over Josh Allen, he's he's uh, he would have a Super Bowl appearance as well. And the only thing Allen has over those two guys there is he's able to stay healthy. So yeah, I I think it's clear it's clear that if Lamar wins this game, he's the second best quarterback in football behind Mahomes. Yeah, I agree with with everything you just said. Um, yeah, now yeah, he would get that Super Bowl appearance. Um. Yeah, you know, he's definitely the, the injuries have been a concern over the years, but, um, you know, this year he's been able to stay healthy. Yeah, it, to be able to tie Burrow there with the Super Bowl appearances, maybe he could win the whole thing. Um, 
you know, the way they're playing and if they get the Niners, you know, and if they get the Niners or Lions, we've already saw the, the Ravens blew out, blew out both of them this year already. So, you know, the Ravens would be looking pretty good to win the whole thing. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, Lamar and just, you know, that running ability too, it just, you know, and the way he's been able to develop as a passer, it's just, you know, it's so tough to stop him, um, especially if they got in front of you. So, um, yeah, I got Lamar. If they win this game, being the second best quarterback in the league. And our last, uh, and you led me to my last point about this game. Does the winner of this game win the Super Bowl? And I think absolutely. I think the winner of this game wins the Super Bowl because I just can't see either Brock Purdy. I know the Niners have a better roster than both these. I mean, the rosters with the Ravens and Niners are close, and we know, and the Niners clearly have a better roster than the Chiefs. But I just can't see Brock Purdy beating Mahomes, Mahomes or uh, Lamar. And I can't see, even though the Lions beat him earlier in the year, I can't see Jared Goff beating Mahomes or Lamar in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think if Baltimore wins, I think they do win the whole thing. I think if Kansas City wins and the Niners win, I do think the Niners get them this time around in a rematch. Um, I, I think that Niners offense would play well enough in that game. So Baltimore wins, yes. Kansas City, if it's Kansas City and, and San Francisco, I do think the Niners beat the Chiefs at the moment. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that, 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 that's interesting. I, yeah, I just, I just, yeah, just in my opinion, I just think that the winner of this game is going to win the championship. I think, I think this, the, the winner of this game wins it. Yeah, I mean, no, and listen, the Lions or 49ers, they very easily can win the Super Bowl. I just think because of quarterback play, I just think that's why the winner of this game wins the Super Bowl. Yeah, I could see it. Um, I know the Super Bowl being a dome because I know Purdy's got the you know we saw it for a Sunday night he struggled or Saturday night we struggled, he saw he struggled in the rain there for a while. Um, but if Debo's healthy, I think you know the Niners' offense is good enough to be able to pull up some points and you know the Niners they're very vulnerable against the run. Um, but I I think the Niners just. I, I and obviously I take Mahomes over Brock Purdy any of the week, but I I think you know the Niners with the roster I think they'd find a way. You know I know it was a couple years ago, but they were up ten, and I know Shanahan kind of blew that game with the play calling and stuff. But I really like that Niners roster, and I think if they get there and they play the Chiefs, um, I I, I think they'd make enough plays, and I think you know with their offensive weapons, I think Purdy makes enough plays to get the win. Yeah, it should be a good game between the Chiefs and Ravens to kick off uh, uh, championship weekend. But we will move on to the next game, and that is between the Lions and the Niners. And I think this is going to be another really good game. I think this is going to be another really good game between these two teams. But I think the difference in this game is I think the Niners, and both teams I don't think think are going to run the ball great because both run defenses are really good. But I think that the Niners will run the ball better than the Lions. And I do think Purdy is going to make less mistakes than uh, than Jared Goff. I think Goff's going to make a mistake. Goff's going to make plays in this game. I think. I think Goff's going to make plays on this Niners secondary. I think same. He's going to, I think he's going to get the ball to St. Brown. I think he's going to get the, get the ball to Laporta. But I do think he's going to make that one bad mistake. And he's ever since he's been with the Lions, he's not been as good outside of Detroit as he's been. He's not been as good on the road as he's been at home. So I do think Goff's going to make some make a mistake and make a big mistake in this game. And for the Niners, I think Brock Purdy's going to play. He's going to have a bounce back week. I think he's going to play pretty well. I think he's going to be able to attack this Lions secondary. I think George Kittle's going to have a big game. I think Brandon Ayuk's going to have a big game. We'll see about Debo Samuel if he plays or not. But I think this game comes right down to the end between these two teams. I think with the ball in Jared Goff's hands. But I've got the Lions defense. Unlike the Ravens defense, I got the Niners defense making a stop, and that's why I got the Niners going to the Super Bowl to face the Kansas City Chiefs for a rematch of four years ago. I got the Niners beating the Lions 27-20. But, Justin, can Jared Goff get another team to the Super Bowl? 
I think they come up just short in this one. I got the Niners as well, 31 to 27. Um, I think he can play pretty well against the Niners defense. You know, we saw Aaron Jones had a big game on the, you know, had a pretty good game on the ground last week against the 49ers. I think better you know, game than we, Thurman. better game than we thought. A lot of those yards came on that one run when they when they missed the field goal and on that drive, but better game than we thought. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think you know, the Lions can have some success there on the ground, and I do think golf can make some plays against the secondary. And you know, I do think they can keep it close in this one. Um, and the thing too is, you know, with Campbell's aggressiveness and. We saw at the end of the half there, Shanahan being so conservative that maybe it's one of those things where that could come back to haunt Kyle Shanahan. You know, Shanahan, we've seen that happen in the past. So, and you were right last week when we kind of discussed, he's not, Shanahan has not come back when his team's trailing by seven or more points. He's so, um, that is something, but you know, I, I expect, you know, I just don't think the Lions even to make enough stops. Like the Buccaneers, you know, it felt like the Buccaneers most of that game, you, I always watching that game kind of felt like the Bucks always kind of had a chance to take that game and win it. They were never able to do it, but it kind of felt like, you know, very easily they could win that football game. The same thing with the Rams, like the Rams easily could have won that game as well. So I do think in this one, I just don't think the Lions defense makes enough plays. I think golf keeps them in it, but just cannot duel uh, Brock Purdy in that offense. Yeah. 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 I agree. I, I think, I think that the, uh, I, th- I think it's close. I think that, 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 uh, that it's a really good game, but I just think the Niners, the Niners get it done. The Niners are just the better team. They got the better roster. They got, they got, they got the, they got the, they got, they got the, uh, the better, I think the more experienced coach, the more experienced team, better roster. So that's why I think they get to the Super Bowl. But here's a, here's a big, here's a big thing though, going into the game though, is Debo Samuel is 50 50 going into this game. Uh, the big question is, is how big of a loss would it be if Debo can't play on Sunday against the Lions? And I think it's going to be a big one because if you look at the Niners, uh, I think they're eight and nine in games that Debo hasn't played in. They're, I think they're, they're you know, they're, they're one and three in games that he's either not played in or he's not finished. So, and Brock Purdy's numbers, four touchdowns, five picks in games that he's either not finished or not played in. So this, I think this would be a, would be a loss for, for the Niners if Debo can't play. He's 50-50 right now, though. Yeah, I think this could be definitely a tough loss. But for me, I think that means Brandon Ayuk kind of has got to step up. Juwan Jennings got to play well, which he did step up last week. He had four catches for 75 yards. But the Lions have been so bad at guarding number one wide receivers. Like, Keenan Allen, when they played him since week 10, Keenan Allen went for, um, it was 11 catches for 175 yards. DJ Moore had 96 yards um, against him in week 11. You know, week 12, Christian Watson had 94 yards. You know, like you kind of keep going through the rest of the rest of the year. They've they've really shown against number one wide receiver. So I think Brandon Ayuk could have a huge day, you know, against that line secondary. And then also, I think for the Lions, it's tough to double team Ayuk or Debo Samuel because then that kind of opens up things for Christian McCaffrey out of the backfield or Greg Kittle. So I think, you know, whoever's that number one receiver is going to have a huge game. Obviously, if you have Debo, that helps even more. But I think Brandon Ayuk would, can step up and uh, get the job done for this team. Yeah, yeah, I think he, I think he definitely could. I think he definitely could. And But but Purdy's got to be better. I think the biggest thing is, is Purdy's got to be better this week. He was not that good last week until the last drive. He's got to be he's got to be better because he's facing a defense that's a little bit better this week uh, because Detroit's defense is a little bit better than the, uh, than the Packers. So he's got to be better. Last week, he was not sharp until that last drive. But he definitely has to be better if this team's going to get to get over. If this team is going to get is going to get to the Super Bowl, not lose their third straight AFC Championship game, and get to the big game. 
Absolutely. You know, they do. And, you know, I know that story came out, what, yesterday about. And, and I, I, I think I might have said it. Yeah, I, th- I think I might have said N- AFC. I meant NFC there. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot to tell you, Matt. Uh, but, you know, there there is pressure on Bird- Purdy because, you know, that story came out yesterday about they were, you know, Shanahan went to him and said, if we can bring in Brady, he's going to be the starter. Um, so, yeah, you know, there's there's a ton of pressure for him to kind of get this thing done. And he talked, you know, and this whole team's kind of talked about uh, if Purdy was healthy last year, we would have beat the Eagles in the NFC Championship game. So I think for this team, it, you know, and for Purdy, yeah, they know they got to get this thing done. And, you know, you're you're definitely playing a good team uh, in Detroit that's really good at stopping the run. And, you know, he should be able to have success against a secondary that's really struggling. You saw Baker Mayfield go up and down the field against them last week. You know, you saw, you know, we've seen the Rams go up and down the field. So, you know, we saw Nick Mullins throw for 400 yards against his defense. So I, I think, you know, Brock Purdy should be able to bounce back in this game. And, you know, it's, it's at the moment supposed to be, you know, nice out, you know, it, it, no rain or anything. So I, I do expect them to play a lot better this week. Yes, I'm happy you brought up last year, too, because really there's no excuse for the 49ers. They have to win this. There's no excuse if they they lose this game. Because last year they made a bunch of excuses with the quarterbacks getting hurt. There's zero excuses. Those excuses go out the window right now. They have got to win this game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, they do. Um, it, it's must win for this team because, uh, you know, this this team's got too much talent not to get there. And look, the Lions have had a great season, and it's been a great. It's been great to see their run here. And you know, I know if they they win Sunday, you know that 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 city's going to burn down to the ground. So, <laughs> you know, I, I feel like the Lions kind of go in this one. Nobody's giving them a chance. Like they can kind of go in there, play freely, and kind of not much to lose in this game. So. Yeah, for for the Niners, there's a lot of pressure on them, but they got to go. They got to go out there and they got to finish this thing. And yeah, they got to get back to the Super Bowl because uh, yeah, they've talked a lot about that and about last year the way it ended. And yeah, they got to back it up by winning this football game because they're the better team. They definitely do. They they absolutely do. They absolutely do. So before we 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 wrap and move on to the coaching carousel, uh, we'll talk. The big the question going into this game for me is 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 the quarterbacks and which one you would take. And uh, and uh, between Goff and Purdy, and and I, I would take the guy in Detroit. I'll take I'll take Jared Goff. And I know Brock Purdy had really really good numbers, but and I know you know he's better throwing the ball down the field than people think he is. But if you're telling me which quarterback am I taking right now, I'm I'm, I'm or in this game, I would take Jared Goff. Even though I think the the uh, 49ers would win, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Jared Goff in this game over uh, Brock Purdy. I just think Jared Goff has done more with less, and I know he's had. Goff has had, had pieces with St. Brown, with Sam Laporta. And he's had one of the best offensive lines in football. But if you look at, at Brock Purdy, he's had, you know, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, uh, George Kittle, uh, Trent Williams, one of the best tackles in football. His roster is stacked, and he's got a great defense behind it, too. He's got a stacked roster. Goff does not have the roster he has. He pretty much put up the same numbers, and the Lions record was very close to the 49ers record. So if you're asking me which quarterback am I taking right now, I'm taking Jared Goff. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I get your golf. You know, I think Ben Johnson is lines this line's kind of coaches. I think they've done a really great job of kind of rebuilding him since coming over from LA. You know, he's a guy that in LA threw a lot of picks. Um, you know, and I know, you know, he had Shaw McVay who's, you know, the QB whisperer or whatever, like, you know, with, with that offense, but I think he's done a really good job with him of kind of fixing up, getting him into a better spot and look, you know, kind of early October, you kind of, you know, maybe he's the guy that could win the MVP this year. I know he kind of had a couple of rough games and that kind of went by the wayside, but yeah, you know, I really like the way Jared Goff's kind of 
come to Detroit here, has had the chip on the shoulder. And look, you know, Brock Purdy's had a really good year. Um, you know, the, the Mr. Irrelevant story. But yeah, last week he really struggled in, in the weather. Um, that like three game stretch there where, you know, they 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 lost those three football games. They were not great in that Cleveland game where it was raining. He didn't play well either. So, you know, Brock Purdy's been a great story. Um, but yeah, I think the time maybe a little bit too inconsistent there. Didn't play well last week for most of that one till the final drive. So yeah, and this one I I take off over Purdy. Yeah, I mean it's not it's not a knock on Brock Purdy. I think he's done a really good job as a Niners starting quarterback. But the thing about Purdy is, is when this I know we brought him back from behind last week, but on that one drive, I'll give him credit for that. But usually when this Niners team gets behind, he struggles. He struggles, and 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 even when he has Debo Samuel out, he's even if he has one piece out of all of the weapons he has, if he has one of them out, he struggles. Uh, I think Jared Goff can do. I know neither quarterback's great. Don't get me wrong, but I just think Goff could do more with less. Yeah, I'm with you, you know, and I think he, yeah, he's been able to kind of show that because, yeah, that Niners offense, they got so many pieces, you know, McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brian, Brandon Ayuk turning a really nice wide receiver as well. And, yeah, you know, I know, um, you know, Detroit's got had some guys this year kind of banged up and, you know, they had they have Jamison Williams the whole year. Um, and, you know, and with that running game, like this offense has been so good under Jared Goff the last couple of years. And, yeah, like I, I think Jared Goff, has really taken this opportunity in, in Detroit and really ran with it and really has rebuilt his reputation as a quarterback. And uh, yeah. And, and yeah, I, I think with him, you know, you put him, yeah. yeah and he's done a little bit more with um, he's been able to do a little bit more, more with, with less than um, Brock Purdy. Absolutely. 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 So uh, yeah, it, it looks, it should be a really good game between these two teams in the conference championship game. I mean, I, I'm, I'm really excited for it. Should, should be a really good one uh, b- between these two. And uh, for me, I got I got the Chiefs and the Niners winning this week. This is this actually was my Super Bowl in the preseason, so I can't not pick it now. This was my Super Bowl in the preseason, the Chiefs and the Niners, so I got to stick with it. Nice, yeah, nice, nice call. Um, yeah, so I got Ravens, uh, Ravens-Niners, um, I think preseason on the Bills or the Chiefs against the, or against the Eagles, I think, so – yeah, mine, mine's mine are uh, both on here, but uh, yeah, I'll take the Chiefs. Yeah, you, yeah, uh, you bought you bought into the Eagles again. Yeah, I did. I don't know why I did that. Yeah, <laughs> that was a wrong move on my part there. But uh, yeah, so I, I'll take out uh, Ravens Niners here for the Super Bowl. That was what now over over what twelve years ago now? So uh, uh, 11, three, 11, eleven years ago was it was twenty twelve. This is the twenty twenty three season, so eleven years ago. Okay, eleven years ago. So yeah, um, I'll take that rematch there uh, between the two Harbor brothers in it. Shape up, it could be the year of the hard boss with both of them. I know, I know. It, it, it would be it would be fitting to have it, you know, have it be Jim Harbaugh and John have Jim Harbaugh and John Harbaugh both win uh both win Super Bowls. So it, it would be fitting to see both of them win Super Bowls. No, I mean I mean yeah. championships. I mean John won the national title and Jim won the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Be a cool thing. Be be cool to see if both those guys win one. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So we will now move on to the coaching carousel. And speaking of Harbaugh. There have been rumors that he is close to a deal with the Chargers, but he is interviewing with the Falcons today. So it looks like he'll have a choice of jobs, either the Falcons or the Chargers. And uh, and j- let's just say he goes to the Chargers. Let's see if Jim, say Jim Harbaugh goes to the Chargers. Uh, oh, if he if he did go there, if he did go there, would, how much would that improve Justin Herbert? Would Justin Herbert become a top five quarterback? 
Oh, I think he could. Absolutely. Because you look at the three, you know, his head coach at Oregon. You know my thoughts on Mario Cristobal. I think that hurt him, and I think it held him back. Um, and then he had Anthony Lee his rookie year, which, you know, we know how much of a mistake that was. And then Brandon Staley the last couple of years. So he has not had a good head coach. Like, I, I think you could put this guy around a Jim Harbaugh. You saw what he was able to do with J.J. McCarthy and kind of what he's been able to do um, with the quarterbacks he's had. So, absolutely. I think you get – if if you compare him up with the Justin Herbert, um, I, I think though I think the sky's the limit for Justin Herbert, and I I think that'd be such a great move for for his career to be able to, uh, you know, ha- have Harbaugh kind of build him up and have him you know um, play under him because I, I think that'd be huge for him. So I I think he could absolutely be a top five quarterback in the league. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So yeah, if he go, if he goes to the Chargers, yes, I think the Chargers will be next even next year be close to be a Super Bowl close to a Super Bowl contender. Their defense is still pretty good. The defense has some talent. It wasn't good last year, but it has talent on it. And uh, and we'll see what happens. We'll we'll see. Keenan Allen is getting up there in age, and and we'll see what happens with Mike Williams. But yeah, so yeah, if he goes there, that'd be a really good fit. They're they're definitely a playoff contender, and 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 very and definitely could be a Super Bowl contender if he goes there next year. Yeah, absolutely. It's a loaded AFC. Um you know, which we know, and, you know, with all those quarterbacks are all healthy, it's tough to get through that gauntlet in there. But, yeah, you know, I think with Harbaugh, we've seen he's won wherever he's gone. So um, I wouldn't doubt it that they that one of these years they kind of break that curse there, and, you know, with that organization where they've been so close for so long and uh, they haven't been able to break through. And I think with a Herb, Justin Herbert and Harbaugh, um, that very likely seems to change. Oh yeah! Oh, definitely. I, I, I think, I think it definitely changes. If you put those two together, I think, I think it definitely changes. And as we said, as I said earlier, he's already interviewed twice with the Chargers, and he's going to interview with the Falcons today. But we'll move on to a coach who has interviewed twice with the Falcons. That is Bill Belichick. And the big question is, is, is Bill Belichick going to become the head coach of the Falcons? And from what I've been hearing, I don't think so. I don't think so. There's a good chance Bill Belichick is going to be out of a job uh, next year. Which, even though he lost his fastball a little bit, that's still crazy to think that teams would pass up on arguably the greatest coach of all time. It's, it's still crazy to think that. Yeah. What I still think he lands there, you know, I think they're, you know, uh, I think he'll maybe and still end up there unless if he really wait. I, cause like, I, I know he wants that shoot record. And I don't think he can wait another year to kind of sit out. Unless if he knows next season, there's a job that's going to 100% open that he could land. Um, I, I, do think they do figure out a way unless it's something just behind the scenes they go right. Like I could see if if the Falcons are not going to give him power and maybe he still really wants to, you know, buy his own groceries. <laughs> you know, I, I could definitely see them kind of going against, you know, he, he wants to be able to do that. And the Falcons told them no, or they didn't give him a ton of power for that. I could totally see him being out of the job next year. Um, but if he really wants Shula's record, you know, and he really wants to get the all-time wins. I do think he'd end up in Atlanta, but you know, I guess we'll see. Yeah, uh, de- definitely, definitely. I mean, we'll we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, yeah, it it it. I, I thought he was getting this job early on. I thought he was getting this job, but as time has gone on, I think the Falcons' front office is not is not too big on him. But we know Arthur Blank is, and he's the boss. So it's it, it's gonna be it's gonna be close. But I I I think he's I don't, I don't think he gets a job this year. It's crazy to think this. But I don't think it's a job, Belichick. Yeah, it would be weird if that does not happen. It's it's going to be weird not seeing him on the sidelines anywhere. I don't I don't know if you go TV or he just take the year off and you know do you know good do whatever he wants. But uh, 
Maybe let him and Nick Saban do like a podcast or something. That would be uh exactly. that'd be that'd be nice. That'd be nice. That'd be fun to listen to. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So maybe those two get do something. But uh, yeah, you know, we'll see. It'll be weird on the sidelines. I, you know, I'm hoping I hoping to see him on the sidelines somewhere. Atlanta would be a cool spot because Atlanta too. I think they come to Fox for 2025. So there would have been they that. They do. Reunion, It'd be similar to what so. Brady did four years ago. Yeah, similar to Brady. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yes, it would have been. So uh, yeah, it would be cool to see that. But yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, we we will, we will. I mean, it'll be it'll be interesting to see where the Falcons go and what direction they go in here. But we will get to some teams that have hired head coaches, and the Raiders did hire. They did it. They hired Antonio Pierce. The Raiders did hire Antonio Pierce as their uh, as their head coach. Uh, I like this hire. I really do. The team went five and four after Josh McDaniels got fired. This team played for him. The defense was improved for him. The offensive coordinator hire is going to be key for him because you have to you have to have you have to have a good offense in this league, and I don't know about how how Anthony how, how Pierce is with offense. We know on the defensive side of the ball he's good. I don't know how I don't know how he is on the other side of the ball, but he feels like he's a leader of men, and it feels like the Raiders did this because of the mistake they made two years ago, not hiring Rich Pistachia and uh, and hiring Josh McDaniels. I think the Raiders the, the players wanted this. Devontae Adams, 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 Adams wanted Max Crosby. Pretty much uh, was going to force force was going to request a trade if. This didn't happen, so I like this hire. I like this hire for the Raiders. Yeah, I'm going back and forth. I'm like in between on it, you know. And I get the players wanted him, but sometimes you can't let the players dictate, you know, some of the decisions like this. I'm like, because LeBron with them when LeBron signed with Miami, he went to Pat Riley and wanted Eric Spolster out, and Pat Riley told him to go pound. Could you imagine if there was any other anybody else and they got rid of Spolster? Like that guy's one of the best coaches in the history of the NBA. Like sometimes the players don't know all. Like I get it, you want to play for him, and you know Adams and Crosby could have, you know, for you know asked for a, a trade and all that. But you know, I get it with the Pasashi I think two years ago, you made the mistake there. Um, you know, I hope that wasn't all Davis considered here for for just to hire Pierce. Uh, you know, that's all I'm kind of hoping. I thought too he was too conservative. Like in that Colts game, they saw the chance for the playoffs, and he punted three times the second half inside the Colts fifty. It, or you know, like you know, you're going, you're playing for your, you're playing for the job. You got to be aggressive. So I don't know. I hope maybe he learns to be a little bit more aggressive. Yeah, we'll see what the OC hire. And he did coach Jaden Daniels when he was at Arizona State. So there is some familiarity there. Again, I think they're they're you know. So we'll see if they trade up or anything to try to get Daniels, but that's something interesting too. If he goes out, you know, if he's got his eyes on Jaden Daniels, but you know, we'll, we'll see what they do there. Yeah. I think it's going to be hard for them to trade up for, uh, for Jaden Daniels. Cause there's three quarterback needy teams at the top of the bears. The, uh, I mean, we'll see what the bears do, but, but definitely the two of the two, uh, uh, but definitely those commanders and Patriots definitely need a quarterback. So uh, I don't know if he's going to be able to trade up for Jaden Daniels, but he, he, he made good points there about being conservative. He, yeah. He has to be more aggressive. He has to be engaged with the offense. The offense can't be terrible. It's, it's gotta be really good. And he's gotta be more engaged with the offense, but I just like the way this team played at the end of the year, finishing five and four. Uh, because it was it was a disaster with Josh McDaniels, and he and he and he's, and he's starting to he's starting to he's starting to change the culture. He's starting to try to change the culture with the Raiders. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know that's Bay organization where yeah they've had a lot of problems over the years for the last two decades or so now, or just about you know 
Um, There's been a lot of problems there. There have not been a lot of winning. So, yeah, you know, somebody, these kind of got them old school kind of mentality. Like, you know, so with, so yeah, you know, you, you hope he kind of gets more aggressive as time goes on. He learns as becoming more of a head coach here. Cause you know, he's still a young guy. He's still in his late 30s. So yeah, you hope he kind of gets better. Uh, you know, and hopefully, yeah, that culture could kind of turn around. It seems like it has the players do like them, but you know, we'll, we'll see that the organization just been such a mess here and they're trying to build a fan base in Vegas. It's, you know, it's the same thing with the chargers, you know, and I've read a you know, like those two fan base, cause LA, and we care about the charge in LA, the Raiders, like it's like a 50, you know, usually it's more road fans and than Raider fans at the home game. So they're trying to build some, you know, build the fan base as well there. So yeah, you know, it's a big hire for the Raiders and look, you know, I hope it turns out well for, you know, Pierce and the Raiders and they can kind of turn things around. Cause that's a tough division. And, you know, it, it's especially hardball goes to Chargers. It's not going to be easy to win many divisional games in, in that, uh, in that league. No, you, you brought it up. You're gonna have to face. You're gonna have to face Patrick Mahomes. Who knows if Andy, even if Andy reti- retires, you're gonna have to face Mahomes. You got yeah. You could very easily have Jim Harbaugh there, and then even Sean Payton. I know he's not done. He's not been great in Denver so far, but you, you even have Sean Payton in that division. So it's gonna be a tough division for him. Yeah, if Harbaugh goes to the to the Chargers, it's gonna be a very tough division for him to compete in. Yeah. It absolutely will. So, you know, they, they got to get this right. They got the quarterback right. You mentioned, too, they got to get the OC right. So, yeah, it's a big offseason. They got to, you know, they got Adams, who's one of the best wide receivers. And, you know, Mac Trotty is one of the best. He's very underrated as a defensive player, the way he can wreck games. So, you know, they got the stars, you know, on both sides. And now, yeah, they could hopefully put it all together here for him and, you know, uh, hopefully compete in the AFC West again. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So we'll see what happens there. Quickly, before we wrap up and, and, move, and move on, we'll talk about uh, Brian Callahan of the Titans. Uh, we'll see about this hire. I think the reason they made the hire, though, and they got rid of variable is they want a young offensive mind with a young quarterback and Will Levis. That's why I think the Titans made this hire and a guy who's going to be on the same page with their GM, Rand Carthon. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Callahan. Yeah, this this really means that they believe in Will Levis. And, uh, you know, we'll see if he's a good if he's just a good play call, if he can lead or if he could be a good leader in that locker room. So, you know, we'll see how it turns out and uh, we'll see what they do at the kind of OC spot. Do they go get uh, Will Levis's OC at Kentucky, Liam Cohen, and bring him in? Cause that was the best year he had there at Kentucky. So we'll see if they do that. We'll see what they do. But yeah, Callahan uh, seems like Titans are all in on Will Levis. So we got a coach that won an NBA title who is back on the fl- floor. It, j- 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 he got fired in the spring but he is back with a title contender. But before we talk about that, we are going to hear from our friends at JPEG Financial. Sorry about that. We're going to hear from our friends at JPEG Financial and Shamrock Home Inspections. Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? How often are you thinking about it? The team at JPEG's Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident in your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website and give us a call at 860-430-5397. 
Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. JPEX Financial Group, LLC is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. JPEX Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard, Glastonbury, Connecticut. There's no bigger investment than home ownership. And to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. Brian was a contractor for over 15 years, so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work. What makes me a good home inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person doing all the different repairs that I have done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go out and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. Before you move, call Shamrock Home Inspections. Before you make the biggest investment of your life, call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit shamrockhomeinspectionct.com. All righty, so big news with the Bucks yesterday and uh First day. First, we'll talk about uh, what, what what they did what they did yesterday. Before we talk about what they did this morning, uh, today the yesterday the Bucks fired Adrian Griffin, and I think this was a little bit unfair. The guy had only coached forty three games. I know you know Dame and him really weren't seeing eye to eye. He had Terry Stotts uh, leaving before the season, so this was kind of a weird situation. You can argue this wasn't a great, that good of a hire because you're hiring a first year head coach to to coach a team that's that's ready to win a championship. So this probably wasn't a job for a first-year head coach. But at the end of the day, I still think it's unfair that they made this decision. Unfair to Adrian Griffin with this being his first head coaching opportunity. Yeah, it was always a weird hiring. Yeah, you mentioned, like, you know, I know he's been an assistant coach that's been up for some jobs and, you know, seems like he's been close. But, yeah, it felt like a weird hire. And I know, too, you know, and I've seen at times, like, you know, Giannis, I guess, too, like he'll check himself on his check him check himself into a game on his own. You know, he won't, you know, Griffin when he comes off the floor, uh, when Giannis does, you know, Griffin will kind of, you know, put his hands up to go high five him and Giannis will ignore him. Like, I don't think Giannis liked them. I know Bobby Portis, after they lost the pace in the season tournament, called him out for the for I forget exactly what he said, but it was about the the coaching in that game and uh you know, he mentioned the stats stuff before the season. So I just don't think like the Giannis is of the world like them either. Portis and the players run the league. The stars run the league. So when that happens, you're in trouble as a coach. And I think that's what happened. Absolutely. And this, this just shows you that the stars absolutely run the league. We remember back in 2015 when LeBron pretty much got David Blatt fired and he was only there for a year and a half and got, got the team to the NBA finals the first year. So yeah, the stars run the league. If you can't get along with the superstars, you are not staying. You are not staying as a head coach. And I think that's a lesson that Adrian Griffin should uh, should learn. Should, should learn that if in your next opportunity, you better be getting along with those superstars. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You have to in this league, and uh, you know, because yeah, they they will get rid of you very very quickly. The good organizations can figure it out, but you know, most of them kind of cradle to them, and you know. I get it because uh, I know even because Giannis signed a contract extension does not mean that he could still ask for a trade and want his way out of there and do whatever he wants. So I, I get what the Bucks are doing. And, yeah, you know, we'll see if it works. But, you know, they got to get a lot better defensively as well because uh, that team played zero defense and it may have held them back from winning title anyways. 
Yeah, you're talking about that defense. That defense needs to improve. It's 27th in the league. Yeah, that defense doesn't improve. They are not beating Boston. They're absolutely not beating Boston if the East, in the East if that defense doesn't improve. Oh, no, they absolutely won't. So, you know, I know we're about to get the Doc Rivers here. Maybe you can fix that. But, uh, you know, I know we'll, we'll get uh, – you know, I'll share my thoughts uh, when, when we get the Doc here in a second. And speaking of Doc Rivers, that is where we're going because this morning the Bucks have hired Doc Rivers as their head coach. Uh, Doc, you know, I, I don't know about this hire. I don't know about this hire. You know, he had just been fired from Philly. Uh, he's, been, he's been fired from the Clippers. Uh, he's, he's, <laughs> this is not the coach you want in the playoffs. He knows how to blow a lot of three-one leads. He blows a lot of leads in series. So this this is not the coach. This is not the coach you would you would want in the postseason. I know he's got Giannis and Lillard, and we know when he won a championship, he had KG and he had Paul Pierce and he had Ray Allen. So when he's had the talent, he's got it done. But this is a questionable hire right here, hiring Doc Rivers, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't like this hire. Yeah, he's a choke artist in the playoffs, and this you know the right thing doesn't matter for this team. It's the playoffs, and. uh yeah, I think he's very overrated. We've seen his track work of the Clippers, you know, and, and the Sixers the last couple of years of what's happened there with those teams. So, yeah, I do think this is going to be a mistake in the end. Um, you know, maybe with a Giannis, he finds a way to win one, but I'm not too confident. Um, you know, and I still like Boston more than the Bucks right now. Um, so, yeah, I didn't like the move here hiring Doc Rivers, but I think that probably tells you, too, they probably have nobody on that bench that they believe could be the intern and kind of figure out a way to win a title. So um, it's very, very interesting one. And yeah, I, I don't, I don't like if I'm a Bucks fan. Yeah. I, I, yeah, absolutely. 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 It's, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a questionable move. It's questionable hiring Griffin in the first place, then firing him and then hiring Doc Rivers. And, and here's the thing. You got a great chance to win a championship. If you're the Bucks. You got probably the best two in the league in Lillard and Giannis. But you could be wasting that with some of these coaching moves. Yeah, absolutely. Now you're pirate down. Now this is third uh, third uh, coach now that you got in your payroll because they're still uh, paying Boonholzer, and obviously you still got Griffin on the pay payroll. So now Doc, which that can't be cheap either. So you had to pay three coaches. Uh, I'm wasting time. Yeah, it definitely could come back to haunt you. And you know, yeah, with like Lillard, you know, he's 33. Like he's kind of getting up there in age. You don't have a ton of time left with him. You know, Giannis is still 29, but yeah, you know, the team and uh, Chris Middleton's up there at 32. So, you know, it, it's a team that's getting a little bit older. So their window, obviously with Giannis, it's not closing, but it's going to be a very competitive Eastern Conference. Like, you know, Boston's good. Sixers look pretty good. I think your Knicks got a chance as well. So after that trade, so uh, with the Nobi trade. So, you know, it's not going to be as a, easy as a cakewalk. I think we all thought maybe going into the season. So. Um, you know, they, they, they got to win now and, uh, you know, we'll see if Doc can do it. Yeah, we'll see. But speaking of teams in the Eastern conference, Joel Embiid on Monday night, put up 70 points for the Sixers in their win over the Spurs. And the big question is with Embiid, should he be the favorite for MVP? I struggle with this one. I think it's close between him, Jokic and, and Luca, but I'm probably still going to say him. I'm probably still going to say him because he's averaging 36 points a game now. Don't get me wrong. He's got to get it done in the playoffs. This guy has got to get it done in the playoffs. I mean, he's just, he's been terrible. He's just not got it done. He just, he can't get to a conference championship game. He can't, he's not got it done in the conference semis. But right now, uh, as tough as it is to say, I'm going to say yes. Yeah. I think he's, I think right now he's the favorite. 
The only thing is, though, is he going to be able to play 65 games? Because I know he's already missed 10, and he's got to play. They got 40 left, I believe. And I think he said recently, too, he cares more. Like, he wants to go with, do, do with uh, Jokic did in the Nuggets last year. So, I think for him, like, if he's got to sit out to make sure he's healthy for the playoffs and he misses a game or two, uh, he's probably going to do that instead of try to get 65 games and win MVP. But at the moment, if he plays 65 games, I'm with you. I do think he's he he is right now. Um, he is having the best year. I was close to say, uh, you know, uh, Sagers Alexander, um, you know, the OKC, I know Donkers is having a really good year in, in, in Dallas, but yeah, at the moment, I do have to go uh, Joel Embiid. Yeah, and I feel like they're not going to give it to Jokic again because they want an excuse not to give it to Jokic because Jokic is the best player yes. in the game and should be winning the MVP every year because of how great he is. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the same thing with Jordan, right? Like, Jordan could have yeah. won the thing for 20 years, you know? So, yeah, you know, so I, I get it. You kind of get tired of, you know, of giving the same guy. So I get it. You're trying to spur it out. And yeah, this could be kind of in beat here. So yeah, I get it. Jokic probably definitely is right there to win it again. But, you know, some of the voters kind of like to switch it up and give it to give it to somebody new. Yeah, that's kind of seen what they, what they, what they like to do. They, yeah, they like to switch it up. But but the big question is the more important thing is about the MVP. Yeah, it matters. But the more important thing for the Sixers is, is are they title contenders this year? Are the Sixers title contenders? Is, is, is it different this year? Are things different with the Sixers than it's been? Or is it the same old Sixers? I do think they're title contenders, and I think, think things are a little bit different. I think the biggest reason why is because of Tyrese Maxey. This is the best number two that Joel Embiid has had in his career in Philly. He's much better than Ben Simmons ever was, and he's clearly better than James Harden has been, and was, was the last year and a half. So I think they are title contenders because Tyrese Maxey is the best number two Joel Embiid has had since he's been in Philly. Yeah, I'm with you. Maxey's definitely, his game has definitely improved since entering the league. Um, what, his rookie year, he only averaged like eight points a game, came off the bench, I believe, and uh, he's definitely grown every year. He's definitely improved himself every single year, and um, yeah, he's definitely a guy that could go out there and um, be the number two in, in scoring-wise, and they got a guy, Tobias Harris, at the wing. He's healthy, too. You know, he could, he could, he's still 36% three-point shooter, so he could still knock down three. So I think for the Sixers, they definitely are title contenders. I just have to see them do it now. I have to see them get over this hump, and I think they can. You know, they're the three seed right now. You're probably going to have to either – you're probably going to have to face Milwaukee in the second round, which would be a tough matchup. But, um, you know, you're so – but I, I think for the Sixers, hiring Nick Nurse, I think it's a good one. He got a title in Toronto. But um, I, I'm with you. I think this is – I guess him do it, but I do believe that this could be the year maybe the Sixers finally kind of get over the hump with a new, uh, new coach as well, Nick Nurse. Going to be interesting if if Doc faces his former team. That's going to be really, really mm-hmm. interesting to see Doc face his former team this year. And the thing about the Sixers, which you got to give them credit for, is they did what the Bucks didn't do. They hired a coach with experience, a coach that has, had won a championship in Toronto. They hired a coach with experience, it's ma- and it's making a difference. And that's why they're only a half game behind the Bucks in the standings. It very easily can get them to end up at the number two seed in the Eastern Conference. But they did a really good job of hiring someone with experience, and, and I think that's really helped this team this year. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, absolutely. You know, they, uh, I think it was a really good, fantastic hire with them. Um, you know, what they did with, what nurse did with the Toronto Raptors, you know, and, and yeah, you, cause you know, we mentioned with doc, the playoffs kind of failures over the years, you know, with them and the Clippers. And I know we got one done there with the Celtics, but yeah, you know, I, I 
you know, I do think coaching the NBA matters for some franchises. Like, you know, um, and I think it depends on the situation. I think, you know, Philly, it's a situation where they kind of need somebody to help them get over the hump, you know, with the head coach. And um, I think Nick Nick Nurse could be that right coach that kind of helps them here get over the hump. So um, I, I definitely think it was a great move by the by the Sixers to go out and get somebody that does have some success of, of late of winning a title. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, you you, de- you definitely want to have you want a coach that has experience, even though uh, coaching is not as big in the NBA as it is in like the NFL or even a manager in baseball. You still want a coach to have experience because you, you look at LeBron with Eric Spolstra. He won. He's he he's never had as good of a coach, and he's never had that that kind of success getting to four straight NBA finals. Finals. Yeah, he you know yeah he did it in Cleveland, but he didn't win a couple. He didn't win two. He only won one championship. He he didn't win two. So. Yeah, I mean, it's just coaching is just a is even though it's not as big as it is in the NFL and the NBA, it still is important. But before we wrap up talking about the NBA and get to the Baseball Hall of Fame, we'll talk about Terry Rozier going to the Heat. And I think it's a good move. I think it's a really good move for the Heat here. You got now you got Butler, now you got Hero, now you got Rozier, now you got Bam. You almost got like four 20 point scores in your starting lineup. I know Bam is averaging like, I think like about 18 a game, but you almost have like four 20 point scorers, score, scores in your lineup now. This is a really good move for the Heat, and I think the Heat are in position. I don't know if they're. If they, I mean, I, I don't know if you say that you got to say they're there because they they've been over the last three four years the team to beat in the Eastern Conference. They've won two Eastern Conference championships, so I'd say they're right there in the in the top. I'd say I put them in the top four. I put them in the top four with the Sixers. I put them in the uh, top four with with the, with the Celtics, the Bucks, and the Sixers. I put them in the top four, and and I know they're ahead of uh, Cleveland, but come on, Cleveland. The Knicks took care of them in the first round, but I, I put the Heat in the top four in the Eastern Conference, and this move uh, pretty much confirms that. Absolutely, you know, because there's it's just an organization that I feel good about that could kind of get a player midseason and kind of acclimate them into their system. It's Miami, you know, um, you know, with, with Spolster and that organization, they've done such a great job over the years, and you know, they are the sixth seed right now. I know they're two and a half back of the Knicks of fifth, but. They could have to face a Milwaukee or, or Philly right now in that first round, which be a tough matchup, but I wouldn't be shocked to see them upset either one of those teams. Uh, but, yeah, you know, they'd be a nightmare to place, play. And, yeah, Rozier, guys that's got playoff experience, could score in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, another score, which over the years, you know, we know defensively is kind of their mantra. And, you know, they did shoot the ball really well last year in the playoffs for the most part. And um, we know Jimmy Butler is a different animal than he is in the regular season. So, yeah, you add him in that backcourt. Um, it, it's a really good backcourt. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. 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 So we will wrap up talking about the baseball Hall of Fame, and uh, three members were induct and in, in, three members are going to be inducted into the baseball Hall of Fame in uh, in August. And all guys, uh, we've all we all watched play. All the guys that were inducted were all guys that we watched play: Adrian Beltre, Todd Helen, and Joe Maurer. I mean, I personally saw Joe Maurer play in New Britain. That's how old I am right now. I saw Joe Maurer play for the Rockets. That's how old I. That's how old I'm getting. So, uh, so uh, you're you're in your early 30s. That's the thing. I mean, you you now see, you know, you know, you know, guys you see, saw play in the. You know, you've got Hall of Famers that you've seen that you saw play in the not only in the big leagues but in the minor leagues, which is crazy. But we'll start with Adrian Beltre, and he was one of the best power hitters of our generation. Yeah, you could argue with his batting average. Should he be a Hall of Famer? Should he not? Should he should he not be a Hall of Famer? But uh, he 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 uh he 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 deserves it. I mean, he was a uh, four-time All-Star, five-time Gold Glove winner, so well deserved for Adrian Beltre getting into the Hall of Fame. 
Beltre, one of my favorite third basemen watching growing up. Um, you know, he's fantastic defensive third baseman. And, uh, yeah, he's an absolute, um, you know, every time he steps to play, you know, he could always go deep on you. 3,000 hit guy, 400 home runs. And, uh, you know, um, he's definitely a power hitter guy. And yeah, you mentioned the start is we're now Mauer, Beltre, and uh, Todd Helton, three guys yeah, that I do remember watching now it. They're all getting inducted now in the Hall of Fame, but uh, yeah, Beltre definitely deserved um, one of the better third basemen I've seen, um, you know, watch baseball. And the thing is, is with Beltre, he got 95% of the vote. That's a lot. For a guy who didn't even win an MVP, I know it's been, you know, it's been, it's been a while. When did he retire? 20, I'm trying to think, 2018 he retired, I think. So it's it's been it's been a little bit it's been not that it's been not that long since if it's was it twenty eighteen has he been out of the game it's not it's not been that long. Uh, looking he, right he, now, but but, but he got ninety he got ninety five percent of the vote. I mean that that, that that's that, that's pretty that's that it was a uh, yeah twenty eighteen ninety five ninety five percent of the vote for a guy. So he's a first. So he's pretty much first, he's a first ballot Hall yeah. of Famer. First ballot Hall of Famer yeah. for a guy that uh for a guy that didn't even win an MVP. So that just shows you he was a well liked player and a well respected player. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And- you know, and I think we've talked about this before with some of the steroid guys. Like, if you're liked by the media guys, like, in the writers, you know, they, they seem to kind of tip their hand that they're all going to vote for you, you know, all that. So, yeah, but he, he's definitely a guy that, yeah, the first year all felt, yeah, the, he was very respected around the league. Um, seems like the, the writers kind of really, really liked him. But, um, yeah, you know, he's somebody that, you know, yeah, did not want to MVP to get 95. It's a little surprising, but like he still obviously deserves being. He had he had such a fantastic career. Um, you know, with the Rangers, the Manners. I there's like those are the two teams I really remember. But and then I he had that year with the Sox as well. Oh, that one year where they when the Sox when Pedroia when Pedroia and uh Euclid got hurt. I remember that year and, and Ellsbury got hurt. I remember Sox fans saying that year. Well, if we were healthy, we were healthy, we would have been in the World yeah. Series. But he had a great year for them that year. He had a re- great year. And then, and then the one thing about his career, which I'll always say, is he he got one win away, one strike away from winning a World Series with the Rangers, and and he, oh, he yeah. ended up not. He was able to win it though mm-hmm. because they had, the Cardinals ended up coming back and winning that series. But he was one strike away from winning it with the Rangers. Yeah, yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah, that's got to be one. Yeah, that's uh tough not be able to get that World Series, especially yeah, they were that close that. You know, that team just could not find a way to go over the hump. But, um, yeah, just, you know, fantastic career, Um, you know, with, with the Rangers, the Mariners, and then a couple years as well with the Dodgers. I kind of remember those years. But, uh, yeah, just a fantastic, uh, fantastic corner infielder there and, uh, you know, and all those kind of spots he played for. Look at some other guys that got in. Uh, Todd Helton, when you thought of the Colorado Rockies, you thought of Todd Helton, career thir- 316 hitter, uh, over, uh, 300, over, over 300 home runs. And it was just fitting he was on that 07 team that got to the World Series and made that run to get to the World Series. Larry Walker wasn't, but he was. He was on that he was on that that Rockies team that got to a World Series in 20, 2007 that lost to the Red Sox. Him and Matt Holliday, he was a big part of that team that that won it. And uh, you'll always think of him. He, was, he didn't play anywhere else. He was a Rocky, so but well deserved getting into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, absolutely. You know, absolute big slugger to play. Yeah, him, Holiday, Larry Walker. Um, those three in the middle of the Iraqis lined up in Coors Field. Um, you know, had you know had to be very tough to uh, pitch against. But yeah, uh, got two multiple All Stars. Think you got a Rookie of the Year as well. Uh, just fantastic hitter. Yeah, had some of the best memories for probably Rockies fans in their franchise history. I know the last couple of years have been tough, but uh, yeah, good to good to see him get in there. Um, 
I think this was his last or second to last year. I know he's getting close um, to getting being left off the ballot, but um, yeah, you know, glad he um, were able to get in and yeah, had some great memories there for Rocky fans. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And then we'll wrap up with Joe Maurer, who uh, got in on the first ballot. 76. He just got in. 70. So you got to get 75 to get in. 76% of the vote he got. And I, funny, as I said earlier, I remember watching him play in New Britain. I remember watching him play for the New Britain Rockets. And now he's going to the Hall of Fame. Pretty crazy. 2009 uh, AL MVP, uh, six, six-time All-Star. Uh, so, I mean, one of the best. He was, he was on those Twins teams. Him and, him and Morneau, that those Twins teams, and we'll always remember one thing about those Twins teams. They couldn't beat the Yankees. 2000, 2003, I don't think he was on the team in 03, but 04. Uh, oh, he was definitely a big part of those teams in 2010 and 2000, 2009 and 2010 that couldn't beat the Yankees. Really, though, he was a part of those Twins teams that just couldn't get over the hump. They had some great, they had some great runs, those Twins teams. Uh, they, they won the Central a bunch of times. They got the playoffs, I think, 2000, 2000 we remember 04 when they lost the Yankees. Uh, I think they got their 06 loss to the A's. Uh, 2009 lost to the Yankees. 2010 got lost to the Yankees. So those teams with Ron Gardenhire just couldn't get over the hump against the Yankees. But he was an excellent player, and it's crazy to say I saw him play in New Britain. That's crazy. Yeah, I did. I did not. Um, it's not because he played what 01 in New Britain. Right? He was 03. He was 03 in New 03. Britain. 03. Yeah, I year before I moved to Connecticut, so I was I did not see, but I would have been only been like five at the time. But um, yeah. um, but yeah, you know, Mauer, he's. I, you know, I always like watching Mauer play. You know, it was a cool story. He was, you know, from St. Paul, Minnesota, kind of the hometown kid. Um, yeah, you know, him and Justin Morneau, the Eminem boys, they, you know, those, those twin teams were always fun to watch. Yeah, it's too bad they're never able to get over the hump. Um, you know, but a guy, too, I know his catching career got kind of cut short there with all the concussions, but still, you know, career 300 hitter. I think his on base was in the 380s. Like, he, somebody just really did a great job getting on base. Uh, but he was just so consistent as a hitter. And, uh, you know, would have been cool to see those guys get to, to a World Series at one point. But, uh, you know, fantastic hitter. Um, you know, won some gold gloves as well. So, Joseph Murano, or Joe, Joe Maurer, um, you know, fantastic, fantastic baseball player. Always liked watching him gr- growing up. He definitely He definitely was. But that is going to wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with RJ For Justin Anafrio, I'm Steve Risser. We will be back next week recapping the conference championship games starting to get you start to get you ready for the Super Bowl and talking about a big week of UConn basketball as they host Providence and play Rick Pitino and the Johnnies in the garden so have so have a great weekend everyone have a great weekend everyone and enjoy conference championship weekend Jones on first down wide open it's Barkley and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone your best ability is his availability Saquon Barkley he's great when he's on the field but the problem is since 2018 he hasn't been healthy for this team look at this they lob it to me taps it in off the glass how about that Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball. Hands down. Finch, two for three. He's done his part. Finch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball. Because the Yankees are not. They're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Hello, my name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts 
including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Man. And great true crime shows like Sticky Meek, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Bird, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting CloverCrestMedia.com.